3: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Great song! What a great song to open up with. Um, welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, and today we have a special guest, um, Richard Stewart, um, who is going to be um, talking about all his amazing uh, musical stuff that he's done so far in his newest project with RnDM. And uh, that song is a new track, I believe, off his new album called Not Afraid, which he sent me. And uh, I'm going to bring my co-host, Spencer Drake, who's calling in from New York, and then also Richard, who's in the studio, who's calling in also. So let me bring everybody into the studio. And I also wanted to let everyone know the chat room is open. And if you'd like to go into the chat room, uh, you do need to create an account. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036, and the show will be available afterwards on iTunes. I'm sorry, I have to cough. It's like, ah, bad allergies today.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, the
0: shows will be available, yeah, I know, on iTunes and also on Blog Talk Radio, Red Velvet Media afterwards. Richard and Spencer, are you there?
2: Yes. Hello. Hello, Holly. How are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doing Just well? rock and roll. <laughs> Hello, Spencer. Can Hello, Richard. Uh, it's good. it's okay, good to hear so your voice.
0: So everyone can hear me okay? Because we didn't have time to really do a sound check a lot beforehand, but can we hear everybody? Is well, everybody okay?
2: Yeah. You know, Holly, that's that's definitely part of rock and roll. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. It is. You know, the sound check just doesn't happen, and you just have to go for
3: it.
0: Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, The sound check is the best part. Oh, my God. That's like when it's uncensored and you can do whatever you want, (laughs) throw things and curse at someone and say, turn that up more. What are you doing? (laughs) But anyway, welcome to the show. I'm really glad that we're here and especially really glad that Richard's here and super excited that Spencer, my co-host, is with us today um, from New York and... uh, I would love to get into this because, Richard, you come from uh, Seattle, and I know that you've played with quite a few bands there, and I know Spence has brought you on to bring you into a lot of this. And I know that uh, I was really excited when you told me you were going to be on the show. It's a lot of really great information. I know you've done a lot of stuff with Pearl Jam and played with a lot of different people that were in Pearl Jam. Yeah, and we want to hear about this new project.
2: Oh nice. Yeah. It's it's been interesting. I mean, you know, I think I uh, started playing air drums when I was seven years old. And, you know, I like to start Oh with my god that, you know, air drums.
0: Yeah, then, cool.
2: Know, started playing drums, you know, at at the age of ten, so you know, it's it's interesting, all the experiences and you know, it's it's quite quite a journey and uh it's good to good to be here have a little chat about
1: it. Hey, hey Richard, what was the first band you got uh, started? I mean, that you formed or got together with
0: that he played with. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty, yeah, pretty much the fastbacks,
0: um, fast early eighties
2: was, was my first real band. And, you know, before that it was all about, you know, just, uh, the neighborhood kid with, uh, the guitar and a little amplifier and, you know, um, But like I said, you know, growing up, uh, you know, luckily my father was an artist back in the uh, early 70s. Mm -hmm. So he had quite an eclectic record collection, you know, anything from like Coltrane to The Who. And uh, there was one album he had called Focus. It's this weird prog rock band from like Holland. And there's a song called Focus. Focus. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the most ridiculous song. Well, that was my first. I saw the back cover, and I'm looking, you know, at this live shot of the band, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's how the drums look. And so I started playing air drums to oh my "Focus, God. Focus" by Focus, and that was in mm-hmm. '71, right? <laughs> and it, uh, you I
0: know,
2: parents yep, yeah. uh, got me a drum kit, and uh, then it was on to uh, Keith Moon and the Who. You know,
0: and I never never look back after that. I mean,
3: that's, you know. That's weird. uh, That's so
0: weird you're saying that, Richard, because I have to say something really quick, and then I know Spence has a lot to say, too. But, you know, on that song, We Are Not Afraid, there's one part in there where you go really quiet, and you do the drums, and you go, and you hear the guitar, and it goes boom, you know, and it's very who. It has a very who sound to it. Oh, oh, yeah, the
2: sweet yeah, three yeah three power chords with the same chord.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: that's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, as a drummer, I've always been fascinated with songwriting, and so like, I think when it comes to like songwriting, I'm really into Paul Westerberg replacements and
3: oh yeah,
2: you know, early Tom Petty. And what's weird is, I mean, drums is always my first and foremost instrument, but I think, interestingly working with the likes of Joseph Arthur. I mean, I'm I'm just such a, I'm, I feel like I'm the luckiest drummer on the planet. I mean, I've worked with so many cool songwriters. And so I think when I dive into the songwriting, um, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting experience. And I think the Not Afraid tune was really, kind of came out of uh, that, the latest attacks of Paris, you know, when it really hit home that it was Eagles of Death Metal show. I think, you know, I've always been anti-gun and, and try to be kind of quiet about that and not get too political. But I think, you know, after Sandy Hook and then, you know, this thing in Paris when they're actually, like, attacking, you know, an audience. Yeah, it's a bad. Lot, you know, that, that really just sparked the idea that was of pretty this bad. not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Parisians were holding up, you know, lighted signs saying not afraid. And I think, you know, that was a huge you know, it took some courage to do that. I think that the song kind of evolved out of that and um so uh interesting to sort of uh yeah put that thing together and see the evolution of that and uh, it'll it'll be available on uh Burl Jam's fan club site at some point this summer.
3: That's what I'm, I'm asking, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It could be pretty pretty fun fun project. I, I was able to get my boys choir, par, a partial choir at the end there, that tune so uh, that was great. And then there's a friend uh, by the name of Jim Gaviness, um, who put on mm-hmm. a uh, an art show on Eastern Pennsylvania called Display of Love. So that's another thing that kind of made me feel like, okay, I really need to try and release this somehow and, and uh, just to you know, raise awareness, anti-gun violence. And, yeah, I mean, not afraid of love. So really trying to put a positive message on that, you know. So, but thank you for playing that. That's, that's very cool. No, when I heard
0: that song, when you first no, listen, Spence, this is trippy. When he first sent me the two songs, and I heard that track, I immediately yep. said, "Richard," I said, "Richard, listen, I work with a lot of not, a lot of gun, you know, anti-gun violence groups, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of groups, you know, with." Uh, You know, not being afraid and stuff like that. I said, um, "Where's this song? Could we do something with this song?" Remember when I sent you that email, Richard? And we talked about it. And yeah, Yeah. I've got a couple people that would be really interested in um, we could possibly use that song some way because it's such a powerful song.
2: Well, you, the other thing I was going to say, I mean, what a serendipitous moment because after meeting mm-hmm. Spencer in New York, you know, uh, on the first R&DM tour and, and Joseph kind of mentioning, oh yeah, you know, he's this, this artist and, you know, doing the radio thing. And so I think like it's kind of amazing because I, I still, <laughs> I still need a little artwork uh, direction on this, the artwork for the single. So you know, it was kind of an amazing conversation I had with Spencer uh, last week. Oh, yeah, week. I'm going to help you and out.
3: Then, uh, yeah, you that's out so awesome.
2: That. And then, Holly, I mean, the fact that, yeah, you you are conscious with maybe where to help me place a song is very cool. A lot and now we're doing
1: of this
0: places. So, and you're play in play play. my own backyard. And you're in my <laughs> own backyard. So.
1: That's well, let me no ask something. Um, uh, Richard, uh, Who's coffee? in? by the way, who's playing yeah. on that uh-huh. song? Who's playing on that song, Rich?
0: Uh, well,
2: I, I have a buddy, Neil Walter, who uh, is originally from Marin. And uh, we've been working on stuff together. Oh, yeah. he, you know, he's fantastic. I mean, he thought, you know uh, did some auditions with Dave Grohl, uh, Foo Fighters, a while back. And wow. he's a you know, great songwriter. And I've been helping him out on, on some recording in L.A. And uh, he just came up and just shredded on guitar. And I, I needed that because uh, I could only play open – open C, uh, left-handed, and, you know, it's totally unorthodox, so it's nice to get, you know, a real, a real talented guitar player on the track, you know. (laughs) I'm playing everything else uh, since, and um, all the vocals, but, and drums, of course, but, uh, that's another reason why I feel, I'm I'm so lucky when I do recordings with Jeff Lament, you know, for a lot of the side projects, you know, he'll, uh, he'll just open up the studio and, go get groceries and have me track a song idea. So, you know, I really feel fortunate. People don't
0: realize. Yeah. People don't realize how many great artists there are in our area, Richard. They don't realize, you know, there's so many amazing studios in the South Bay area and North Bay area. It's like unbelievable. And uh, Richard, I can't believe you're right near me. So now, like I said, that's
2: great. You have no yeah. excuse not to eat meat for <laughs> coffee or something one day. So Well you're, there you're up in Sonoma so, well, Yeah, you're up in Sonoma,
1: Home so we'll have to do, do a little little
2: <laughs>
3: Hey, So
1: listen, right. let me get it's, back on the track. Yeah. Rich, how did you form how did you get together with R and D. M.? How did the group form?
2: <laughs> well, interestingly, uh one of the side projects uh with Jeff uh in between uh, well, right in between Pearl Jam's Vitology and I think the verses and Vitology record, uh, Jeff and I were doing a lot of recording, and we we kind of put this thing together called Three Fish, and the whole idea of that project was to sort of blend, you know, uh, just rock with, uh, you know, the singer Robbie Robb is from South Africa, and so we were kind of bridging the gap between East and West. I mean, a lot of tribal drums. So it was like a bizarre combination of like, you know, Jane's addiction, you know, meets, uh, you know, just like African bombada. I mean, just wild, you know, exploration. I can hear that. Yeah. yeah, So
0: we put out, yeah,
2: we put out two records. Uh, First three fish record was in 96. And then the second one, came out in 99 and I remember Jeff talking about Joseph Arthur and he's like you gotta see this guy he's like a one man band he loops himself <laughs> he paints on stage and we played Wetlands um, at the tail end of 99 or not maybe it was the summer of 99 and Joseph opened the show and man my mouth I my jaw just dropped it was like what is this guy doing I mean
1: yeah. nobody only were
2: they, super amazing, like well-crafted songs, but just, oh, I was just, it was really, he just took you on a nice little adventure with the looping. And and yeah. so, you know, many years later, uh, you know, Jeff and I did the Trace Mountains project with Doug from King's X, and that was a, a cool rock and, you know, uh, one-off. And um, and then after that, you know, he, he asked me if I'd like to do a record with Joseph Arthur and I'm like, you know, you had me at Joseph, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, That's cute. You know, for sh- yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, the, the you know, Jeff basically uh, put it like, hey, why don't we back Joe? Why don't we just be a rhythm section? You know, he's such a pro- prolific songwriter. And,
1: mm-hmm. you know, why
2: don't we just do that and see how things yeah. go? And the cool thing about that first record was a nice balance of, Jeff and I backing Joe on some songs he'd kind of, you know, been working on, cooked up. And then we vice versa did, you know, had Joe sing and find some lyrics uh, to some tracks that Jeff and I had recorded yeah. previously. So, and that was another amazing thing. I mean, Joe just like nailed one take, just put up the iPad, found lyrics, not not even, he didn't, I think he listened to this track we had, not even all the way through, went out and just nailed the vocal.
3: Wow. And then
2: went on, yeah, then went on to say, you know, yeah, I kind of learned this trick from Lou Reed where, you know, as a singer, your your first intuitive, you know, moment is really special. Like, don't, you know, try to work it out and work all the phrasing out perfectly. Just go in there and just go with your gut. And, and when he told that story, I just – Man, I was like, heaven on earth, man. It's like <laughs> Okay, we're we're making a record, you know, and so yeah, that's how that all kind of came together and um, you know, quite an experience. Amazing.
1: I mean and know. this album is different than the first album. Tell tell the difference about the first album yeah, and this album. So, your...
2: Yeah, so the first the first album really had this kind of spontaneity where, yeah, like I said, you know, J- Jeff and I interpreting some of Joe's music and then the other way around and I think the next time we got together for tracking ideas, Joe just showed up with this, like, I don't know, this whole, like, little drum machine thing from the 80s. And and we kind of talked about um, putting a record together, like Talk Talk. You know, we were talking about Talk Talk and some other, you know, like television and, you know, another
3: approach.
2: And I think what was really cool was – you know we just had an open mind all of us collectively and and Joe brought in you know like a drum machine part and then you know started to put you know chord structures and you know we started like working out a song and what was cool for me in that position instead of feeling intimidated like oh shit okay here we go there's going to be drum machines now like what's my role you know I totally embraced it and you know, the first track that we worked on was called trouble. And, um, what was interesting is I just let the drum machine sort of do like the bass drum part. I'm kind of drum geeking out here, but I, you know, I let the machine kind of do its thing. And I found a way to just play like hat and snare, do some fills. And so really a lot of this second record, you know, ghostwriting is, um, you know, that exploration, I mean, from a drummer's perspective to like, wow, cool, there's a machine in there, I'm human, let's see if we can just all make this work in an organic way. And it really, I think it was a long process, a really long record, um, it took like twice as long, you know, to make the second one, it did the yeah. first one, but, you know, it, uh, it, I think it was worth it, and, and there's some beautiful tracks on there that kind of go through different you know, soundscapes there, so... Absolutely, it a, yeah. absolutely.
0: <clears throat> you know, I wanted to ask really quick um, about, you said from the very beginning when you were playing in various bands, which originally, the Facts was your first band that you really mm-hmm. played with. Um, I, was that the band that opened up for the Ramones?
2: It was, it was.
0: Okay, and, uh, and what, what year was that? In, you know, that was... Um,
2: that was right around the time that uh, – it might have been 84, I think. Mm-hmm. It could have been 85. It's all a little okay. bit of a blur. You know? <laughs> um,
3: one,
2: one thing – the only thing I really remember about the show is going in to the Ramones dressing room and seeing, like, a stack of pizzas. I'm serious. It was eight- <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds cliche, like Ramones no. and pizza. But that was, you know <laughs> – So, uh, yeah, the Fastback experience was really wild. We did a West Coast tour, Uh and uh, Uh one of my favorite moments was – because, see, Duff McKagan was the original drummer. Yeah. So, yeah, when I, uh, you know, just opened up the Rocket magazine in Seattle and just saw Fastbacks need drummer, I'm like, man, that sounds like a cool name, and uh, called up and – Kurt Block, basically, is like, hey, our single is at Tower, if if you want to just pick it up and see if you like it, you know, because what was happening, you know, at that time, it was sort of, you know, obviously pre-grunge, but what was going on in Seattle Mm -hmm. was such a unique thing, you know, with these, like, really heavy bands and and the punk bands, and so Fastbacks, you know, really, when I got that single, it was Warp Speed Fast, and Duff was on drums, and... But it was very poppy, you know. It had this pop element. It wasn't like hardcore, you know.
3: Right, right. So
2: that's what made the fact that kind of a unique thing in that whole punk world. And um, so, yeah, I just dove in and got the gig. And next thing you know, Duff is uh, coming up with Guns N' Roses to Seattle. Oh, wow. In a a beat-up band. And we opened up for Guns N' Roses uh, before uh, Appetite came out and that was just the awesome. rock and roll rock and roll circus i mean
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think that must have been that like must 80, have been fun
1: yeah 80, 80, i just 60, right? yeah <laughs> any stories yeah. from that the tour any stories from that tour with the uh, Guns and Roses that'd be great well mm-hmm. you know
2: we did, we just did a one off and that was the show where uh the, the van, their van had broken down and so I think they were a little grumpy, and they show up, Axel, you know, the first time I saw Axel, the leather pants, and they were they were quite stained, and I'm not going to, I, my memory eludes me, I don't know what the stains were, but, you know, it, it, it was kind of spinal tap in a way, because there were the sights and smells, you know, but... <laughs> Uh that was a show where Axel was a little upset with the promoter and so it got it got a little
0: weird but I remember uh, I remember hearing about that from Vicky yeah Vicky yeah. Hamilton was just recently on my show you know Vicky Okay uh you know the name sounds yeah. familiar Yeah She just wrote a book about her time oh, with she did. uh you know yeah she was the one that managed and really found Guns and Roses and Motley Crue right. and a bunch of right, different bands right. and uh she wrote a book about it, and uh, oh, that's that, in there about that, that van breaking that, down. Yeah,
2: that, yeah, that's hilarious. That was the uh, that was the show, and uh, that was right around the tail end, like when I left the Fastback. I mean, I, I left soon after that in mm-hmm. eighty
3: six and
2: eighty seven, and um, that's when and I you just you went with the War you know, Babies. Yeah, I did. You know, it was a weird shift because then Guns and Roses broke. And so then there was mm-hmm. this whole other thing. Like, you know, when they broke, it just kind of reminded me of everything I, I, I loved about Aerosmith and just, you know, Mopple. And so the idea with War Babies was this idea, at least for Tommy and I, you know, to to kind of keep it more Aerosmith, mop, mop the hoople and Guns. And somehow that band just sort of, I mean, signing with Columbia at the time, you know, label mates like Warrant, you know, and it, 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 the band kind of all of a sudden started to fall more into the the hair metal side, but but the uh-huh. spirit of it was intact, you know, and and um so a lot of the you know the, the punk circle from the fastback scene, you know, I think they were like, well, Richard, what are you what are you doing, you know, like, and I think I think it was just a natural. Progression, like okay, you know, when I played really fastback shows, I mean, it was frightening. I mean, we played with DOA, and all oh wow, know, that's skinheads would, Yeah, skin, skinheads would show up, and start right exactly throwing <laughs> bottles on stage, and, I, and I'm like yeah. 17. I'm like, whoa, I love playing this <laughs> like intense music, but man, these people are freaking me out, you know. But uh it was a, it was quite a you know a growing experience, and and I think just you know, yeah delving into like the war babies experience was just sort of a you know natural progression to like, okay, let's see let's see where this this can and then and then getting signed, you know, I think, you know, to a major at that point, you know, was kind of alluring, you know. Again, yeah. you know, I was still very young and like, okay, this sounds like a really good experience. Well, what is
1: the Isle of White festival you have on your background? you had some uh, Oh
2: well you know, um Later on, like right around 2008 you know, and 9, I was doing some work with uh, my favorite engineer in LA, this guy Eric Ryan, and uh, he was working with um, Paul Newsom and Greg Griffin from a band called Proud Mary, mm. and they uh-huh. uh, they they came out in '95 and they put out a record on. Uh, Noel Gallagher's label, Sour Mash. And I think it was a one-off or maybe two records. And those guys were gravitating to L.A. back in, you know, uh, yeah, 2008 and 9. And so Eric brought me in uh, to just do drum tracks for these guys. And, you know, it's kind of ironic these these British guys really – we're into, like, Neil Young and this kind of Americana sound, you know, which
1: is yeah. pretty cool. But You're Right. But, yeah,
2: so Paul Newsom uh, had a gig, uh, some U.K. dates, and Isla White was uh, one of them. And that was the year I think the police reunited. The police and, were there?
0: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, you yeah, know, we safe, were on huh? the, the smaller stage, but nonetheless, you know, it was fun to – and then, you know, just thinking about the history, you know, the Who the Pile of White and whatnot and
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's kinda nice to have that experience, you know. <clears throat>
0: so well, now I know you're doing yeah. a lot of stuff. What are you currently working on now besides this new release? Like what where are you going with uh, yeah, that?
2: You know, um, you know, doing doing a little, you know, session work here and there in the Bay Area in LA and um mm-hmm. and I also teach so I have uh you know I have twelve students I have this thing I call oh, nice. little rhythm oh, a little nice. rhythms workshop oh great and, uh, and Spencer, you'd like this, so I have twelve kids
1: and mm-hmm. they range
2: from kindergarten to sixth grade okay oh, I've got three girls for girl power I love oh
0: nice
2: know, that's mm-hmm. just a nice balance and um but one of my Favorite student is a second grader who's obsessed with Kiss.
1: It's oh like, God! Oh, unbelievable. that's great. That's
2: You incredible. know, he's just like he's like Richard. Can you teach me every Kiss song you know? <laughs> it's oh, that's
0: funny. And you know,
2: we're, we're 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 really pushing the envelope. So I actually had Jesse uh, try me. to figure out a, a drum part for Beth. So get this. so Peter Chris the <laughs> Song, the classic song "Beth," there's no drums on it. So good. I gave an assignment for my second grader: okay, what would your drum part
1: be? Oh, like great! That? Yeah, <laughs> that is
3: great. You
1: know, it sounds like the School of Rock, the movie. You know, you're doing it, you with know, the kids. I I
2: do find myself hearing a little Jack Black at times. You know, <laughs> um, I do have
1: a I do
2: I do I do have a fifth grader who's also obsessed with um, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing, oh, nice. this
3: kid,
1: he just,
2: yeah. yeah, he just, he wants to learn, you know, some of this heavy stuff, and it's just great,
1: you know. You know, I got to tell it's you, Rich, you know who I saw last night, Carmen Peace, who played oh, with, do uh, nice. you know Carmen apiece He played with Ozzy and played with <laughs> Vanilla Fudge, very famous drummer. Amazing. mean he was, oh, yeah. he played, he played last night, he was talking about Ozzy and the stories with Ozzy, you know, but he's, uh, have you ever seen him play? He's a great drummer. Uh, Carmen, you know,
2: Carmen. you know, only I've never seen him live, but oh, he's great. I love. He's incredible. Style. You I mean,
1: love him. He's absolutely amazing.
2: Well, didn't he play on like some Rod Stewart stuff?
1: Yes, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. He played a mm-hmm. lot yeah. of Rod Stewart stuff. So he just yeah. raved about Rod Stewart. What a big thing it was in his life. He says, "There's nobody like Rod Stewart." You know He said, "Right." Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, man, yeah.
2: Did he play on? Did he play on uh, every picture? Tells a story
1: Doing it That I'm not sure Yeah Do you think Wonder. I'm sexy yeah. I, think you, I think Do you think no. I'm sexy yeah. He played on You know Deep Right Kingdom, Right you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And he, may, yeah. he named some
1: stuff But he is like A very You're right Amazing He's A very major Rod Stewart freak and
2: Well Well now that we're uh, Talking about You know Major heavy hitters I'll give you my top five
1: Good That's what drops. we want We want okay.
2: that Okay And uh, you know A lot of people talk about In no particular order Well Wait, I'm going
1: gonna... to be big. I'm going to be particular here. Okay, Whoa, ready? I love it. Okay. <laughs> we love this. Holly and I love this. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Number
2: 1, Keith Moon.
1: I Ooh, what can I yeah. say?
2: Number 2, John Bonham.
1: Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, those are the two I've seen, you know. I saw them live both of them. Yeah. 3. Yep. 3,
2: Mitch Mitchell.
1: Oh, okay. oh, you saw him okay. too?
2: 4, Ringo.
1: And okay. I yeah.
2: can't. I can't leave out Stuart Copeland. I don't know why. I think like oh, he's great. Stuart you know, Copeland. I've that, seen him many times. He's great. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the Ginger Baker, Gene Krupa, and Elvin Jones came. Mm. As I was a little, a little older to kind of you know dig into that, but you know those top five, I had to.
3: Well, that, you know,
1: uh, Carmen. <laughs> Carmine last night named uh, his favorites, and the, get, you got to get this because he's older. He had uh, Gene Krupa. He had nice. Buddy Rich. You know, That's Buddy Rich. True.
2: Yeah.
1: And these are classics though. So these go way back. But uh those
2: yeah,
3: And
1: Ginger Baker's interesting because I, I work, you know, I, I designed for Ginger Baker with Ireland, but Ginger right. his his picks which is in his movie are very in, unusual. He didn't like Keith Moon. He didn't like oh, Bonzo Bonham. But you know he picked? He picked two incredible jazz drummers. Incredible mm-hmm. jazz drummers. That was his yeah. thing. But right. you know, well, to you, me it doesn't you know, matter, you know. Yeah. It's
2: well,
3: you know right. what's
1: funny?
2: What's funny reading Keith Moon's biography a while back, you know, Keith, when when Jimi Hendrix came on the scene and it, with the experience, I thought it was really funny that Keith Moon basically, uh, he, he said, the reason I'm adding more drums is because of Mitch Mitchell. So, like, what wow. Mitch could do on a three-piece, Keith was just like, okay, I just need to get more drums. And Keith was actually in awe
1: of Mitch, you know, as far as like the English English drummer. You know, I, I saw Hendrix live. <laughs> I saw Hendrix live. I saw Mitch Mitchell play, and I that's could amazing. see what you mean. I mean, they were all different drummers. Yeah. I like. I saw Ginger Baker on the first Cream Tour, and he was a real, real, really powered drummer. He reminds me, I'll tell yeah. you, he reminds me a lot of you. There are certain, Marky Ramones like that, too, a very heavy, yeah. powered drummer. And, well, and you, when I saw yeah. you uh, uh, you really overwhelm me, and I've seen great drummers. I got to tell you, you're—I've got to oh, tell goodness. everybody out there—you've got to see oh, wow. Richard Stewrud. You're a, oh, a wow. really great, and you—I call you like a power drummer too. You're uh, very amazing. Yes, yeah.
2: well, well, you're too kind, Spencer. Thank you very much. I know it's funny. My father came to the R and D M show in Seattle just this last tour, and uh, the cool thing about the latest record, uh, you know, I was tied into a sampler. And like I said, you know, the process of making that second R&DM record, uh, a lot of drum machines in there and all those layers. But what was interesting was Joseph really wanted to stretch out and kind of, you know, extend the outros on a lot of these tunes. Mm -hmm. And what the result of that is, like, you know, I play off Joe very well. I mean, we, you know, with that kind of Hendrix, Mitch, or, or, you know, Clapping, if you will, with with Ginger and, and my mm-hmm. father, interestingly enough, after the show, he, he was just like, "Wow, you're just you're tapping into this Ginger Baker I never knew about," you know, like are <laughs> playing like Ginger, like okay, oh my God, right? You know, so he's definitely an amazing. He's got something going on. There's like a a kind of magic, a little mojo. You know, he's you got. Look, when
1: I saw Joseph play live mm-hmm. with you guys. He's, uh, mm-hmm. and people don't know this, he lets his real chops go out with you guys, be, and he doesn't have a chance to do that by himself as much.
2: Right. And what exactly. I see is
1: that he's a, he's an incredible guitarist. You see, people don't know that. Right. And right? right? He's an incredible guitarist, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, when we were rehearsing for this, this last tour, you know, he was just in the hotel room every night after rehearsal just playing. You know, mm. he just kind of reminded me of like an old blues guy, like, wow. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, and I think, yeah, it's kind of a nice, a nice opportunity for him to kind of step out of that, you know, that that familiar zone. I mean, and that's another thing I have to say, which I've been really fortunate and feel so grateful to to play with Jeff, man. I mean, oh yeah, he's great. Know,
1: he, he, yeah, he's he great. He really is.
2: Yeah, he mm-hmm. is. He really is the alchemist, man. He, mm-hmm. you know, with the side projects thing,
1: you know, mm-hmm. you really have to have
2: a kind of an open mind to be in a side project. I mean, there's, there's just, you know, it, it, it takes a while to get the groove of of understanding what that is. And the thing is, I think I've been able to understand what those side projects are, but at the same time, you know, feel really grateful about, yeah, just stepping into that zone. And I think Jeff, you know, doing records with Robbie, Rob, uh, Doug Pinnock, Joseph mm-hmm. Arthur, it's, mm-hmm. It's about this, this other idea of, like, hey, let me see if I can, you know, play with my favorite musicians and see what we can come up with. And it's a nice departure for him, too, for the Pearl Jam camp. Yeah,
1: yeah. So,
2: yeah, it's been
1: uh, I'm excited It's like <laughs> <to see. That's laughs> be fun. You know, the thing is, Rich, I would like yeah. to see, and I've seen you guys, is that I'd like to see a real power rock and roll album by the three of you. You see that? I have. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah
2: yeah i mean trace Mountains, you know uh, we had you know Mike, so it was kind of a we had two two dudes from p j um but that that album i mean doug you know with King's x, you know mm. had a pretty heavy
1: um oh right yeah heavy
2: heavy heavy punch to it and um mm-hmm. yeah you know i think that would be interesting i mean r and d m has enough material for you know another record if not two, Um, Mm -hmm. if we went back into the, Mm -hmm. yeah, what's crazy is like every time we get together, I mean, there's, you know, just, you know, quite, quite a number of tunes and, and, you know, good ideas that can get, you know, developed and chiseled out and, you know, honed. But, um, yeah, I think that that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, because you guys, when I right saw now.
1: you, when I saw you live, you were very power. I mean, there was no mm-hmm. question about it on the stage. You were, you know, this is more of a laid back album. That's okay. I mean, you got more of a mm-hmm. laid back album here. It's almost like, uh, to me, it's like this group has so much more to it than what's on. But right. the album is good. I'm not, right. not. The album's good, but I can yeah. see you guys coming out with a power. You're like Cream. I call you the new Cream, you know. I mean, you yeah, really great. have that <laughs> potential. Seriously. Yeah, I saw point.
0: that. Really, they do. Yeah, they do. They have. A
1: right, Holly? They're like, the, they have the three, yeah. because you've got three-powered musicians, you know. Right. Absolutely. Nice.
0: Absolutely. And I love your choice of drummers, and ironically enough, it's funny, you know. Um, we sure. aren't going to have a show this Friday, but um, and but next Friday, um I'm going to be filling in and we're going to be, I'm going to be doing a show with uh um the woman uh, you know who that was married to the gentleman that founded the Who. Um oh, wow. you know, Celeste Stamp, so Chris Stamp, you know, the original okay. manager, manager from the Who. Great. I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. a show with her, so that should be kind of fun. We're going to be reviewing oh, the Lambert oh, yeah. Stamp DVD, the Lambert that's Stamp great. DVD that just came out. Yeah, so Oh nice. Very who, cool. I was like the who, the who, the who. But, yeah, I could definitely see exactly what you're saying, Spencer. Um yeah. The sound is really unique, and you know what I oh, wanted yeah. to ask you um, that I know that we didn't cover? I know you said you started with a little drum machine, and your dad was mm-hmm. doing this and that. But um, I wanted to know, because we, we kind of know what you were listening to when you were younger and stuff, but how did you mm-hmm. know that this is what you wanted to do? Like, um, who were your mentors? Who really got you into drumming? Yeah, well, you know that—that's the weird thing. That—that's
2: because there's no one musical in my family. I mean, other than mm-hmm. my father being a painter and just, you know, mm-hmm. being a, a, you know, just a fan of music, like just constantly listening. I mean, his his record collection is crazy. It's like he can open up a shop, you know. Um, wow. So I think, yeah, I think my parents, you know, they're they're on the young side, and I think when they did get me a drum kit, I, I, I think they presumed that maybe I would just give it a bash and then give it up, you know? And I just, I just never gave up, you know, it's one of those weird things. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when you, you, you reach a certain point and if, you know, pardon if it sounds a little cheesy, but it's like after a while, like it's no longer something you do. It's, it's something you are, you know, I really feel that like, the older I get, you know, I mean, of course, there's times when I have a love-hate relationship with my own instrument, you know, um, uh-huh. because it it is a weird instrument. I mean, to this day, I still question the validity of crash cymbals. I mean, I love just washing ah. it off. And it's just like, it's <laughs> so over the top. It's like, Jesus. I mean, you know, it's so freaking loud, you know. Um, and, but, you know, it's interesting now that i'm teaching as well that opens up a whole other window to actually it comes back around like it, it makes me sort of look at the drums seriously like through a kid's eyes you know i mean spencer you'd love this my last lesson just before
1: this interview
2: uh was with a kid who he plays the 2-4, so I wanted to bring in Blitzkrieg Bob, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, like. cool, yeah, right.
2: And the reason, I, the, the reason I brought it in, because this kid, I tried to teach him, you know, speed isn't important, we want to learn the mechanics, we're getting your rock beat on. And this, this, this kid, it's like he can't play slow, like it actually mm-hmm. falls apart, it's amazing. <laughs> You're the only kid that yeah. can play, he, he can play Blitzkrieg Bob. I mean, he pretty much can play half the tune without stopping I mean just not getting all the accents but you know playing at the same tempo and it's just right. it's, it's its just fun I and mean, I'm looking at this kid's face and just going god you know I kind of see myself you know in a weird way and so yeah I think you know I've been a little bit on my own as far as yeah the mentor thing and, and maybe just being lucky and, and getting in some of these you know pretty cool bands that, you know are, are really kind of representing it's, it, it is all about the music you know um, and of course you know it'd be nice to
1: did you know, uh, What money, you were from you know? Seattle so <laughs> what bands did you see in Seattle did you you must have seen some bands that interested you in Seattle right I mean when you was starting yeah
2: them. you know there, there, there was some pretty cool stuff I mean you know I remember seeing early shows of Soundgarden oh and, wow and, and, and Nirvana I mean that that was yeah, kind of a, I, a, yeah. a, a surprise, you know, but there were, there was so there was so much going on, you know, uh, Tad and bands like Coffin Break and just wild stuff, you know, band called Metal Church. I mean, just, it's almost like, yeah, it's, Seattle's yeah, it a strange, you know, I don't know if it's the job. You know, i am got to
1: tell you an interesting <laughs> Rich, i got to tell you an interesting story. Jeff Kleinsmith, who was in my 45 book, who gave me a lot of sub-pop material for my 45 oh, book, yeah, yeah. he told me, mm-hmm. you know, he's from he's from that area, and he told me, he said, you know, Spence, Nirvana was a fluke. He said there were mm-hmm. bands that were incredible in Seattle. They just mm-hmm. lucked out, and they got signed yeah. at
2: yeah. that
1: time, which is an interesting story for people. You know what I mean? It's like there like, were other bands. That's why I, was, I asked you. You know, yeah, there's one
2: thing I, I'm wondering. This might be a little bit of a abstract idea but now that I think about it like when we reflect on uh you know uh Beatlemania or like you know and then the the wave of that with the Rolling Stones and that whole British invasion thing you know Keith Richards in his biography sort of talks about this idea that there was something within the culture something within the youth culture that you know It was legitimate, you know, the the fans that were just awestruck and, you know, just the whole mania side of it. But I think Keith was eluding at an idea that there was something else. It was something kind of building up. It went beyond the music, actually. The music was just a Mm -hmm. conduit for for this expression. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about Nirvana, the time that I saw them at the small little punk rock club, yeah, you know, the, everyone in the fastbacks. We we went to the show, and I remember all of us going, "Who who are these guys? Like, no, <laughs> we never even heard of them." But there was a line around the block, and this was before mm-hmm. Dave Grohl got in. And wow, it was right. like, what is going on with this? And there was just something brewing. You know, I think also, yeah, I mean, yeah. not to discredit, you know, the, the power of Nirvana, but but
1: oh, yeah, 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 there was
2: something like there was something going on like and then as soon as they got Dave in there things just kind of every show they played I guess just kind of became legendary in this weird way you know but might be a connection there, I don't know <laughs> but,
1: no no mm-hmm. right. no
0: absolutely yeah you, know, Spence, Which, you, I mean, read, um, you know you know what no you're so funny I was reading you played with some really interesting bands like the yeah yeah yes yeah, and uh You know, your tours that you've done, um, besides the War Babies. um, Mm -hmm. You've played with a lot of other amazing bands, and I really would like to talk about that, what that was like for you.
2: Right. Well, you know, the thing is, I think, you know, uh, being in the opening band, you know, also like being in a side project band is, uh, you know, it kind of requires – a little bit of patience. I mean, I've had moments where, you know, it's, it's an honor to kind of, you know, be the supporting act. At the same time, it can, be, it can be a little frustrating as well, you know, just because, yeah, you want to sort of be the headliner, you know. Um, but uh, I think one of my fondest memories was uh, when I played with Nash Cato from Urge Overkill. He was doing a solo record and um, got the call from Cheap Trick and so we did a yeah. month tour with Cheap Trick, and that was just too too fun. I mean, that you know, it, moments like that where you, you sort of like, hey, you know what? It's okay being in the support, you know. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's been uh, been a pretty pretty fun fun experience, you know.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and you played on Jimmy Fallon too. I know that that was really fun. Jimmy what was Fowl. that like for you to that experience? Yeah.
2: Well, well, Jimmy Fallon. You know, when we were talking about, I mean, when the first r R&DM record, when everything unfolded with mm-hmm. the orange, you know, the orange, it all mm-hmm. sort of started with uh, Jeff had uh, Orange Bixby, and I think Joseph because you know he just he's got such a great you know, he's such a great artist. And I think he, he saw the guitar and just instantly said out it'd be kinda of funny if we all had, you know, like orange instruments, you know. Yeah. As soon as that was out in the ether, you know, it was on. All of a sudden, you know, Jeff ordered a, you know, orange drum kit. We got orange amplifiers and,
3: <laughs> and then oh, wow. and then the
2: whole Yeah, the whole mask thing, that, that was kind of a bizarre we we were kinda of thinking this pop art, you know, yeah. almost like comic book yeah, you know, yeah. sort of, uh, idea. And when the masks came together, it's a company out of Seattle called, uh, spacecraft. And, uh, Jeff just had this idea, like, okay, let's get these masks designed. <laughs> I was into the idea. And, uh, <clears throat> once there was talk about being on, you know, NBC with Fallon, you know, and then I, you know, I get that news, but then I'm looking at this mask and I'm thinking, Oh my God, I, I think the guys are going to want to wear the masks on TV, you know. And I'll have to be honest, I don't really have a whole lot of TV experience. So I was thinking like, hey, maybe we just do the show without the mask, you know, and, mm. and we kind of have our identity. But the whole point was, you know, questioning identity. Like, okay, what what is our identity? And it'll be weird. I mean, it's, it's been done. I mean, you know, you look at Devo and you have a lot of this, like, creative energy going in, in that direction but it was pretty bizarre to actually debut, you know, a little television, you know, with the masks and uh the cool thing is, is Jimmy came out wearing the mask and that 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 kinda put it all like <laughs> Like, okay, you know what, this isn't so bad, you know. I mean I remember my mom going, you know, it was so nice to see you, you know, on, on, on T V and but it's just that <laughs> mask, that creepy mask, you know, like, <laughs> Talk. Like I no, I know, mom, but you know, hey, I got on TV, you know, so it so, was pretty funny. <clears throat> did you no, did you like playing? So
1: cool. Did you like playing in New York? Yeah, you're at the Grammarly oh, in New York. Oh, I love it. You know,
2: I mean, New York to me is home away from home. You know, my wife was born and raised there, and and you know, living in Philly for ten years and going up to New York every weekend, you know, it really it all it's always felt like home. You know, I know Seattle's a small town, but you know always had an amazing experience in New York and, and, you know, fortunate to play in some pretty fun bands, white light motorcade, you know, they had a a little something going on on with with octone records. And, um, you know, we were able to do, uh, you know, a little CMJ and, you know, UK touring as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Always, always a,
1: you know, amazing. Did you do anything in Europe? Did you do anything in Europe at all?
2: Uh, Well, just with these American bands. You know, I've never okay. really... Um, I contemplated maybe, you know, checking out the London scene for a while. But, yeah, I think, you know, you know, from Seattle, you know, I moved to Chicago. And as I was trying to find an indie rock band in Chicago, you know, I ended up meeting this obscure blues singer by the name of Barkin' Bill Smith, hmm. who claim that, you know, you knew Muddy Waters in the day. And I'm thinking, you know, it's unbelievable. I'm at this blues bar, and I'm asking Bill, you know, hey, who are you? And he's like, never mind who I am. Who are you? And uh, I'm like, I'm a drummer. He's like, oh, good, I need one. You play the blues, son? Yeah, and I'm like, so I just learned all these classic blues songs and played the House of Blues a week later. Great. You know. There was something really punk rock about playing with an old blues guy. I mean, it mm-hmm. it really was just an experience that uh, will will stay with me, just like some of those early punk shows, you know. And and you know, had I not gone to Chicago, I wouldn't have really had that experience. So yeah, yeah. when we talk about New York, and you know, we got Chicago, Nashville, and L.A., and you know, it's. Uh,
0: I you yeah, want to mention really quickly, mention Nashville. Nashville. Um, we, we have a film festival. Spence is uh, the founder of a film festival that I'm a judge on that's going to be happening in Nashville. It's this month, right, Spence? Well,
1: no, it'll oh, be nice. – no, no, no. It's going to be in the fall. It's going to be in the fall, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do uh, – Holly, we'll do a thing in Florida in February, but it's going to yeah. be um, – in the fall, uh, Lee Stewart, myself, Judith, and uh, you're part of it. It's going to be in Nashville with art, uh, music, and film.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, oh great! And uh, that's that's a, yeah. We had, we had over eighteen hundred films on entered last year, which is quite a no, lot. That's amazing. I know. That's great. So we've got a contemporary look uh, view on it. You know what I mean? So
3: mm-hmm.
1: people are kind of coming over to us down there, and uh, we plan to have that and. Uh, We've we, we got entries nice. so, Yeah the new film The new entries start in June For for mm-hmm. our next film festival So we're on the road with that You know we're starting That's that That's great Yeah it's really cool man I,
2: And I'm, uh, I'm I'm amazed at like How many New York musicians Have also like moved to Nashville
1: Oh yeah You know
2: you got You know Jack White's Operation And
1: King right. of Leon,
2: Third man
1: you know? man Third That's man funny. I sent Jack White my 45 book Right and two nice. weeks later, because third man, Judith and I put, you know, a third man, uh, white stripes in the book. Mm-hmm. So two weeks later, Rich, I get a box in the mail and what is it? A box of 45s with a note in it. It says, thanks a lot, Spence, Jack. Oh wow! Nice. <laughs> I know, I know. I've got, I've, 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 that's incredible, that's right? You know? Well, you know,
2: I, I have a little bit of a, an aberration in my career, which is country. And, um, it's a pretty funny story. Uh, One of my oldest friends from Ballard in Seattle, Terry Kemp, uh, was working for the Needle Young organization, just, you know, stage managing and whatnot. And Chad Cromwell, fantastic session drummer out of Nashville, Mm. plays on loads of records, played on Neil Young's Living With War record, you know. Mm. So Chad uh, had asked my friend Kerry, hey, do you know any rock drummers? Because uh, I made some records with this guy, Gary Allen, and uh, he's on M C A Nashville and he needs a rock drummer. And so Carrie straight away calls me and I'm about to have a, a baby. We're, we we were due to have a baby oh, wow. and I get this call. Yeah, I get this call oh, a, month, a month before yeah, a month before the due date and I get this call from Gary Allen telling me, Hey, you you, you come on hot recommendations. Chad Cromwell says you're a good rock drummer and you play with the Pearl Jam folks, so uh, I'm going to fly you down to Nashville. We're going to do this thing. All right.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Great. Oh, that's nice.
2: It's the craziest thing. So, you know, uh, going to Nashville, cold, uh, the, the CD of songs for the tour that the tour manager sent for some reason just did not play in any device and this is 2006 and so um, I have to buy this guy's record at the airport so mm-hmm. it's just crazy I'm delayed for the audition it's oh, not wow. really an audition in a sense I mean, you mean know, I was pretty much hired but mm-hmm. I knew that because of that they had a sh- the first show you know in uh, you know like an, an arena uh, somewhere in Raleigh North Carolina and one of the you know southern um <clears throat> cities and uh man I had to like learn this material on the fly and oh like, my god. This country band yeah it was crazy and oh my god just to jump yeah just to jump into that scene was really wild and you know all of a sudden it was you know this this arena tour and um just you know that was that was a two month I was sort of like a hired gun in between, you know. You, you when you're a hired gun, you know, with the session thing, you never know, yeah,
3: right? You
2: know, you don't have a, a real sense of gravity, and you know, it's like, okay, how long is this tour set for? You know. But uh, the the wild thing, uh, before the end of the tour, they kicked off the opener, who happened to be uh, Eric Church. Oh, and wow. um, they brought in Taylor Swift before she. Uh, oh
1: god! Wow.
2: Wrote.
0: Yeah, so, I saw that. I so, saw that. Yeah, yeah. And so
2: it's like, you know, here I am in the, you know, this rock and roll drummer, you know. It's yeah. like
3: and I and I've
2: always thought of like it's it's great to be as diverse as possible and multicultural, you know, but at at one point I just thought, wow, this is surreal. Like it, mm-hmm. it, 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 I played, I played Madison Square Garden with Gary Allen. If someone, you know, 5 or 10 years ago said uh Hey, you know, someday you're gonna play the garden. You know, yeah. been, someday you're gonna play the garden with a country band. I would have been like, "You're crazy," you know. But it happened, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was a short, short-lived experience. But nonetheless, you know, I have a, a soft spot for Nashville. You know,
1: it's yeah. um, it's the melting fun. pot right now with music it, and yeah. art and everything. Uh, yeah, Home, even you know, it's it's become a lot of people
0: fun. are opening studios there right now. I know yeah, that uh, right, a lot of people are opening recording mm-hmm. studios and mm-hmm. uh things like that. So that's cool.
3: Right. You know, that's I'm right.
0: very excited about what's happening in Nashville and I know that the movement right now is becoming a little bit more realistic. I think that music's <laughs> becoming more real now again.
3: So right. most right. of the
0: music, um some of it's <laughs> a little out there still but you still have the real stuff going on, and I know that we have a, I, another song from you called "Speed of Love." What is that one about? You want to tell our listeners a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, you know, um, I wrote the "Speed of Love" uh, when we first, when our, you know, the family first moved to the Bay Area, and um, I, I felt like, you know, there was there was uh, some challenging moments, you know, when you when you do a big move, you know, we had moved from Philadelphia to Oakland and, you know, I think within a lot of that difficulty, uh, and just trying to figure a few things out, you know, it was just this idea of like, okay, you know, when it really comes down to it, you know, I had this concept of, like, you know, the speed of light, you know, all of that, and then just started thinking about yeah, just playing with that a little bit, and and, and what's what's the speed of love? I, mean, I I think it's actually the only thing that is probably faster than the speed of light, even though we don't we can't measure it, you know. So it's a little New Agey there. Uh, <laughs> but what I did was uh, I had gone down to Joshua Tree, and uh, what I like uh-huh. to call it the, vor- the vortex down there, and. I uh, had a chance to just work on some solo material while I was doing a session, um, you know, for a couple other artists. And what was nice was to be able to do it, you know, a proper drum session, but then at the tail end, you know, bring in a song. And uh, so that song it also, I just thought the, the message of it is pretty positive and um, I thought it would be a good B side for just not afraid. Uh, mm-hmm. to as just sort of some sense of like hope I mean you know hope is important you know and I think as um, you know it's a little cliche the whole love thing but you know at the end of the day you know I feel like that's that's the ultimate message and you know by the way my favorite Beatle is George um, Harris oh, yeah. Aww. You know, you...
0: Well, that's <laughs> funny that you're yeah. saying that yeah. that's funny so... I love George he was the she
1: yeah. The
2: mystical one. Um, right. Yeah. You know it's so is she she a little is yeah. my mystical my mystical contribution to Great. a little bit of my own songwriting. So you know.
1: Cool. But uh yeah. <clears throat> Very cool, man. Awesome. Well,
0: you know, we wanna thank you so much for being here today because I know that uh you are right in my backyard. Isn't it beautiful what well, wait, you're in it, Oakland, so um, wait, you're not getting I'm too in much know. of the bay weather, so okay, yeah. so is it nice there sunny, in that area? Because it's really nice sunny, there. Sunny in, the,
2: sunny in the East Bay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not a cloud in the sky yep. right here. It's good.
0: Do you get the wind? Yeah, uh, Do you get the winds about
2: 4.30? A little bit, yeah. Not too yeah. That's uh well, yeah, you we're know, so we get fortunate. the we're, here. We're, yeah, we're we're a block away from my son Alexander's school, and the community is just oh, nice. so nice. so creative. We got musicians and you yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I was uh, going to ask you. Do you, yeah, do you go to Brian, any of the open mic
0: nights there? Yeah, uh,
2: you know, we'll we'll do like the starry plow. You know, we got some fellow uh-huh. dad musicians and. um there's an event at my my son's school called Peralta and Bloom. Mm-hmm. It's like Spring Fest, and yeah. uh, every year, you know, we we try to you know make it all about art. And I'm bringing in a funk musician from, originally from San Francisco, and he's going to finish his set with Purple Rain, and I'm going to do a painting. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Great. Joseph Arthur's lead Great. and do a little a little oh, painting nice. uh, in the. Uh, yeah, you know, just to uh, give it up for the, uh, for Prince, you know, so, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's coming up and yeah, it's just uh, it's a great, it's great to be, I love, I love living in California. It's uh, mm-hmm.
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you got to come visit California yeah. soon, Spence.
1: Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. And you got to come yeah. to New York, Holly. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I know. It's like there's so yeah. many things happening in those places.
1: Yep. I wanted to again
0: say today that if you missed the beginning of the show, it will be available afterwards on um, iTunes under Red Velvet Media. But it's the Indie Cafe with Spencer Drake. And Spencer, you know, you didn't introduce yourself. Um, I forgot to do that. Um, you want to tell everybody a little bit about my my super famous co-host that I have? Oh, it's
1: so here. nice! Yeah. Uh, I just want to tell a little.
0: You're come on, give
1: it up. Well, my album covers are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Judith and I were very privileged to be inducted in that area of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. and also in the MoMA permanent collection and now in the Ramon show I have two album covers which is going to go on tour from the Queens Museum to Grammy Museum in 18 cities. It's an iconic show and it's just getting rave reviews and a major blast on the museum they they've they got a record of attendance now they never had before because of the show so everybody should come out to see the Queens Museum uh it's there till July 31st it's an amazing collection uh curated by mm-hmm. Mark H Miller which we had on our show right. and uh mm-hmm. and contributed by Monty Melnick of 170 pieces and we had an incredible radio show which was shared by the museum so um that's a story morning glory what's the word <laughs> Yeah <laughs> no Spencer, and... Spencer count
0: Spencer <laughs> count
2: me in I'm coming out
1: All right coming out. Oh, you, you We got get to, if you're what, coming out you, what, we got to get together go, I'll take you through yeah. the show
2: uh, and it's
3: before
0: July
1: don't... 31st okay. Yes yes
0: All Right. Yeah and All if right. you don't make it I'm to Martin New York calendar. Richard it's going to the Grammy <laughs> Museum in LA That's
1: right LA um, oh, good.
0: Afterwards so Congrats, if you don't make Dr. it to New York, awesome. you thank can you. get it thank to you. there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty Excellent. cool. I I got the press kit on it, and it looks it looks amazing. It's oh, uh, got awesome it amazing reviews. Yeah, you, uh, we yeah to I, will. To. I will. I'm definitely gonna go check it out and mm-hmm. and hang out there. But you know, I wanted to say to Richard, cool. thank you so much for taking so much time out of your day oh, um thank, for thank being you, here thank today. You, Oh it's it's
1: amazing. our pleasure it's, our pleasure
2: man it's, it's it's nice to go down a little memory lane and um you know I'm also in the process of writing uh you know a three part uh series on just these old experiences so uh, wow. nice doing, hey, doing really? talking with you yeah chatting with you guys is really just uh yeah it's been it's been an absolute pleasure and and um you know's it been, been fun I, I have one
1: last question. do you ever think of producing an album with somebody?
2: Yeah, yeah that's cool. that, that's all. That's always uh, something to think about,
1: you
2: know. Yeah, yeah. might as well. I want to write a book. Uh, I want to put out a solo record. Put out a kids record. Oh you know? yeah, you
1: got to put out a record, man. You got to yeah. put out a record. Time, time, you know time what? I, is
2: short, you know? I
0: wanted to give out his <laughs> website. Let's give yep. out your website, Richard, really quick. Okay. What's that again. Um, your website, Richard, you're on Facebook yep. and you're also I'm on, on um,
2: mm-hmm. well, you know what? That's, that's just it. I'm, I'm kind of old school. I actually don't have a website, if you can believe that. I and
0: know. You know what? I had a hard time I finding think, you. I found you on wiki though. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I did find but, you, know, I did find you on wiki.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I need to, I need to jump uh jump in the fast lane on that, that, uh, social media highway, so you know, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll get on that get on that website (laughs) and are you on Twitter,
0: because I I couldn't find you on Twitter either
2: no, I haven't done the Twitter thing yet oh, you gotta do Twitter, man I know, I know know. (laughs) I
0: announced your show on my Twitter and um, quite a few people were um, talking about it, including people from Pearl Jam and, oh, nice. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and some people from um, – I just had Candace Knight on my show, too, Richie Blackmore's wife, and I saw that he oh, commented cool. on it, too. Yeah. yeah, so there were a lot of people that, that right. picked it up and were, were listening to it. So I know that nice. we do have a lot of live listeners, and I want to say to everyone again, thank you so much for listening today to a special edition of the Indie Cafe okay. with Spencer Draight on uh, Red Velvet Media, Log Talk Radio. And, again, Richard, we want to thank you so much for being here, and Spencer. And there My will much. not thank be a you. show this Friday, guys. We're taking um, a little time off, and uh, I'll be back next Friday. And that will be a really fun show. That will be with The Who. Um, and there may be a show next Wednesday. I'm not sure because somebody has called me and told me that they want to do a show. So but but Spence will be back with me um after next Friday.
1: Um, yeah, we're back in rock and we're roll. Taking, yeah,
0: we're both taking right. a little bit of time off. We both need to regroup. And with that, I want to say to everyone, thank you so much for listening today and Spence, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Holly. I'm glad thank you, to you so see much to her.
1: and Richard. Thank yeah. you and we we love you. Thank Richard. you guys. Thank yep. you very yep. much. Love you. Yeah, and we're going to
0: speed of love we're going to play speed of love for everyone and where can they get these two songs that we played not afraid you said it's going to be released on um on the uh, pearl jam site right yeah
2: it'll be yeah it'll be available as a vinyl single on the uh, pearl jam um fan club site and uh and then and in the process i will also uh try to figure out uh other formats in the digital modern world. <laughs> Very
0: cool.
1: Stay tuned. And, <laughs> and with that, here
0: you guys go. Speed of love. This is kind of cool. Have a great day, it guys. Love you,
1: bye. Alright, yeah. and Big love. and
0: I will be here Friday. So everyone, have a wonderful weekend coming up on Friday. And uh, please do not drink and drive. Here you guys go. Alright. Mm-hmm.